Meanwhile, back with Elizabeth, Mary sang. My soul magnifies the Holy One, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's own womb slave. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's loving kindness is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength of God's own arm, and God has scattered the arrogant in the intent of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's own child Israel, a memorial to God's mercy. Just as God said, to our mothers and fathers and parents, to Hagar and to Sarah and to Abraham and to their descendants forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home for the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Let's respond with number 208 with Mary Sing Magnificat, 208.
This is a sermon about formation and family. First, formation. Mary's revolutionary song, for it can be called nothing less than that. Mary's revolutionary song of collective liberation, freedom and justice for each one. That song that Mary sang when in the presence of her kinswoman Elizabeth was deeply rooted in her own faith tradition, echoing almost precisely the contours of Hannah's song from 1 Samuel. So when Mary sings her revolutionary song, she is drawing deeply from the richness of her own faith tradition from her foremother, Hannah. And that song that she sings is already forming Jesus, who is at that moment in utero. And then I can only imagine that that song she sang while carrying Jesus in her body became the song she sang to Jesus at bedtime for years to come. I know many of you who have parented had specific songs that sort of showed up over and over again at bedtime. I know this because some of you have sometimes said that out loud. Some of us as children had specific songs sung to us over and over at bedtime. As an auntie, I can tell you I've got my go-tos when I have the great pleasure of holding one in my arms. Can only imagine the song that Mary sang, forming Jesus in utero, returned again and again and again as she sang him to sleep. So that when the young Jesus the tween Jesus, the 12-year-old Jesus, was found studying, discussing, maybe even debating his sacred scriptures with priests at the temple. When, as an adult Jesus, a young adult Jesus, he was in his hometown and was handed the scroll of Isaiah, and he read it, he read that revolutionary text of Jubilee and then declared it fulfilled in that moment. When those moments happened, Mary should have been the least surprised of them all. Because in fact, this is precisely who she had formed him to be. She was deeply rooted in her faith. And she formed the child Jesus to be deeply rooted in their shared faith, mining the most delectably revolutionary bits of their faith and singing that justice over and over all his lifelong formation. In our Bible study last week, one of you told the story of children singing in a choir. 
children singing in a choir week after week as part of a faith community that had a weekly practice of evensong. And those children in that children's choir had a regular practice of joining that evensong each month. And so kids who were being formed in this way were singing always. They always had their choir practice, and they were always singing a version of the Magnificat, which is what, of course, we call Mary's song. They were always singing the Magnificat because the Magnificat was sung every single week as part of the liturgy of even song. So even though the kids only sang in that once a month, they were always practicing various versions of the Magnificat, singing it their whole lives long until one day, mid-song, a child said, stop, we have to stop. I have to know who are the rich because I think we are the rich. Eh? <laughs> Formation. We all grew up with different faith traditions. And even those of us who grew up Mennonite grew up with different variations of Mennonite. I grew up in a particular kind of Mennonite that was pretty anti-liturgy. And I remember, you know, sort of inf being infused with this idea that liturgy is something that you do by rote, right? That the more you say the words over and over again, you don't really say them, you don't really hear them. They just become blah, repeated. But here's the other thing, liturgy, sometimes, even when it's sung, perhaps especially when it's sung, can sink deeply in. Singing those same words over and over can lead to a wait, stop. I have to know who are the rich. I think it might be us. Formation. We need to listen to those children and honor the faith that is being formed in them and the prophetic witness that is being formed in them as they in turn form us. We are all the time forming the people around us, very specifically the young ones, but everyone. We are forming people around us for good and for ill. Just as Jesus was formed by his mama and her four mamas in the faith before her. So we ought not be surprised, like Mary, we ought to be the least surprised when our young ones prophesy in our midst, forming us in turn. Formation. Family. Mary was not the only parent to have formed Jesus. <laughs> Though we know less from the text about Joseph's particular influence on Jesus's life and faith and ministry, one thing we know for absolute certain is that Joseph claimed Jesus as family. He didn't need to. He almost didn't but he got his own annunciation, as we saw this morning. 
He got his own encounter with a messenger in a dream, or so the story goes. And he heeds the invitation that he hears from that messenger to claim a child not his own, drawing a circle of family not only around Mary, but also around her child. I am grateful to Jan Richardson for sharing her own story of growing to love a man who had a son, also a 12-year-old tween son, a son who challenged uh, many of her proclivities as a contemplative, solitary sort who suddenly had a 12-year-old boy in her life. She shared the story of growing to love a man with a son and ultimately choosing them both, and the stretching into new terrain that she had never imagined, and for her sharing how that experience forever changed her understanding of Joseph. Mary was not the only one who chose to leave the life she thought she had thought would be hers. In choosing Mary and her child, in welcoming the word into his life, Joseph had his own threshold to cross, his own radical yes to say to God, perhaps on the night of Jesus's birth, Joseph lifted up a father's magnificat in syllables that have been lost to us. Perhaps in a shelter far from home, he wove them into a lullaby for his chosen child. Hmm. It is not incidental then that Jesus's ministry, as we come to hear it as the gospels carry on, it is not incidental that Jesus' ministry goes on to bear witness to the ways that God reorders, disturbs, unsettles the world, and redefines family. Among other things, Jesus redefines family and expands the circles of who family are and who we are meant to be to one another, claiming family among fellow seekers, among fellow wanderers, followers, claiming family among neighbors and strangers and friends, claiming family among the outcast, the forgotten, and the lost. Family. Formation and family. Formed by revolutionary song, to cast a circle ever wider in the claiming and choosing of family, who will then sing that revolutionary song together? So you see this, how the song inspires the widening circle where the song can be sung in which the powerful are cast down from their thrones and the lowly are lifted up so that all might be liberated 
liberated of so many things, but liberated very specifically of the system in which thrones and lowly exist. Liberated from that system. You see that the lowly are not brought up to thrones and the powerful are not cast down to the lowly. All are liberated from the system where thrones and lowly must coexist with one another so that they might find instead beloved community, chosen kinship with one another. And yes, yes, this wide circle liberated kinship where we might sing our revolutionary songs together. This is my advent wish for you. It is my advent wish for me. It is my advent wish for us and for the great community of neighbors, strangers, and friends around us. May it be so. Amen.